listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. In studio, A.J. Hoffman, formerly of Houston Drive Time, stardom. We'll get some insight from him on Deshaun Watson, the Texans' consensus worst team in the NFL. Not many that think otherwise. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got NFL teams gearing up for their first preseason action of the season later this week. And we've also got a big signing in the NBA. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? Olympics are over, and I want to start with the medal count. On one hand, you're hearing, oh, USA, generally a disappointment. On the other hand, you're hearing they won the medal count overall. They won the gold count by a smidge. Was it a good, you know, uh, successful Olympics or not? Yeah, and it came down to the final day, but the U.S. did win the total medal count and the gold medal count specifically on that final day. 39 gold for Team USA, 38 gold for Team China, but overall a 113-88 win for the U.S. in total medals. Now, AJ, you're known as a cynic, someone that, that can have a Virginia ham under your arm and be complaining you don't have any bread, as Junior Soprano once said. What's your takeaway from USA perspective in the Olympics? I think that it, it, despite, I mean, they won, they, they, and that's the, the big thing. We all were all competitive. We wanted the U.S. to win the most, and they did. It just did. It felt like they underachieved in spite of the fact that they won. We 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 expect to dominate now, and well, now like now more than usually, like more than twenty years ago. And if so, why? Because it would seem China is taking from Germany 1936 from the USSR throughout the Cold War which was winning at the physical toughness the Olympics was a sign of a superior uh, type of government a superior country uh, it would seem China I don't know I think they have a few more people than us couple yeah to some degree isn't it a great victory that we won both. A victory is a victory, and it is great that we did win. But but your premise was that it was something to be expected. Maybe Team USA winning the basketball gold was to be expected, but let's look at the odds. Let's let Vegas lead the way. Cold cash, that's me over hot takes. It's you. <laughs> that's where you associate now. You're really not a hot take guy, but still. All right, before the Olympics... Team USA over under to win their total medals, and the over under was 112 and a half, and we had 113. 
Let me do the calculations. Over, over. And we won the count by a huge margin, 113 to 88. So China, with all of their population advantage, no per capita math we're doing here, we're saying we won the most medals, and it wasn't even close, and we exceeded expectations. How in the heck can that be anything but a win, a full-throated? Congratulations, Team USA. We didn't exceed expectations when it comes to gold medals. Uh And as you know, that's what we judge things by. Is that so? It's only gold that matter, isn't it? At this point in the Olympics, doesn't it feel that way? I don't know. I see three people up there. You know, I don't know what the ratio. Would you rather have two silvers or one gold? I don't know. I'd rather have one gold. How about three silvers or one gold? I'd rather have one gold. At what point would you take the silvers? I don't know that I so ever. So nineteen do. silvers, one gold. You would take the one gold. That's why the overall medal count means less to me than the gold so, medal count. So nineteen to one. Which would you take? I'd take the one. Okay. Now, we've got A.J. Hoffman. I don't think we need to ask you any more questions about that. Jonas, where are you coming down on this? Um, I, I don't know what expectations I had overall for the U.S. and the Olympics because there was just so much uncertainty going into the games that I was less enthusiastic about it this time around than maybe in previous years. Um, I, I, I thought the USA men's basketball um, – they won the gold, but it felt like late in that game, they uh, you know, were almost were trying to give that game away. It got a little bit too close. Although, if you had uh, France plus 12.5 like uh, R.J. Bell did, uh, you went away a very, very happy camper uh, after what you saw on Friday night. But I just... I, th- I thought that there were points during Team USA's run in which they were a little bit lackluster, especially early on, and there were dips in their performance at some points in games. Overall, as far as some of the other sports, I'm not really sure what else I had to expect. Okay, I do not... You know, I was thinking of going out for the Olympics next time. I'm not doing it. I mean, on one hand, it's like, well, we won, but we didn't win by enough. And Jonas, who's supposed to be the, the, the calm voice of reason, says... You know, there were moments, there were stretches of eight or ten points that we didn't win. That they would, if the game had only been these ten points, we would have lost. And I find that to be atrocious. I mean, isn't that a little too high of a bar? That there were stretches that we didn't dominate. Well, yeah, I mean, but uh, it's either that or talk about the Simone Biles story, and I don't want to do that anymore. So I figured we could break down Team USA. But but what we can do is celebrate. Here's what I'm going to do. This is going to be a mutual celebration. Between us who bet against the United States, <laughs> understanding that at plus 12 and a half, there was a mighty good chance that we'd win both. And we did. Also, Team USA, but all of the USA athletes, congratulations from RJ. AJ doesn't like you. I think he doesn't. <laughs> and Jonas thinks you had stretches that just weren't dominant enough. Yeah. But I say when you win the gold medal count and when you win the medal count, that means you won it all. Congratulations. Do you want to say anything nice, AJ? It's good to win. I mean, I'm, so, I'm, so you won? Is this a we? Well, are we collectively Americans? I, I mean, I haven't seen, uh, you know, actually, I should take a gander. Oh, you're from Texas, right? So, yeah. I mean, I thought that, you know, Republic down there, maybe, you know, a little different, but fair. Have you ever went to a meeting about seceding uh, from the union? 
I have not been to any of those meetings. But no. you know, you know, I know they them. exist. Certainly, you have friends that went to those meetings. I don't have friends that have done that, but I know that they exist. Certainly, California's had that kind of talk too, Jonas. Any? Have you ever been a communist? Do you know communists? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So I, I try and I try and steer clear of any of that stuff. Uh, you know, at, at, any, like at the, any all cost. I feel like the the good American here because I, I mean it's really really think about how spo- I, my guess is in twenty years we're gonna wish we won this. I'll say this: given the fact that Simone Biles didn't participate in the way we thought she would, and she was our our best Olympian going in, given the fact that we didn't win a single solo gold medal. In track or in track events, which is supposed to be where we rack up these numbers. So, given those facts, I would say that the U.S. probably did exceed expectations. Have you had you said going in we'd win zero track medals? So you just got shamed into changing your tag. I'm not shamed, no. I but it, it's, it's, it is good to hear, win. Hear me talk. It was like the logic. I can't deny. I'm, it's trying to fight a waterfall. It, eventually, the logic just swept you away. If you're okay being one medal ahead. Of China. Are you okay or not? Because that's what I can't fully understand. I'm not thrilled about it. As you vary back and forth. I'm not thrilled about it, but it is nice that they won. Okay, we'll leave it at that. That's AJ Hoffman, who may or may not be patriotic. I'm RJ Bell. I certainly am. Jonas, let's keep it moving and let's jump ahead and look at this uh, Barkley situation with the Giants. I don't think it's being discussed enough. I mean, he's just starting to practice. Yeah, Saquon Barkley, who suffered that devastating knee injury last year against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Uh, There's been some speculation as to whether or not he's going to be ready to go to start the season. He's been really quiet about it, not wanting to give out too many details. Uh, But it is is now being announced that he has now returned to practice to get ready for the season opener for the Giants. Uh, They kick off in about a month from now. So would you agree that it feels unlikely that he's 100% for week one? Uh, it feels like if he were a hundred percent, he wouldn't just now be getting out there ready to ready. That's to get what ready I'm thinking. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Right, right now at FanDuel, you can bet over under Barkley's rushing yards week one, and that game is against the Broncos. The Broncos are a team that some people believe is one of the top five defenses in the NFL. Last year. The cornerback situation wasn't great. This year, they brought in free agents. They drafted, instead of a quarterback, they drafted a cornerback. So they have gone from it being the weakest position on defense for the Broncos, the secondary, to one of the strengths. And then you think about the returning rushers. I mean, Denver's defense is going to be outstanding. Now, can the offense, even with all those playmakers, do anything with Bridgewater or Locke? I'm skeptical. But, man, oh, man, over under 117 and a half? That seems like the best. I mean, only thing I'm scared of at that point is if he doesn't play. What do you think, AJ? Yeah, I, I think when an injury like this, you don't even get him out to practice unless you feel like the medical staff is cleared and com- cleared well, I don't completely. think you could legally, right? So. So it sounds like he's his knee is healthy. It's just a matter of him knocking some rust off and being ready for the regular season. But what I'm saying is him being healthy enough to practice 
which isn't always 100%, it feels like he's weeks, a couple weeks behind at this or Forget the off-season stuff. I mean, he's weeks and weeks behind, right? Well, that's why I'm saying. I think if this were middle of the year and he was healthy enough to practice, we'd say he's probably not 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would have even started him at practice right now if he weren't 100%. Well, let's accept that they think he's – I don't think the threshold of being able to play in 100% is the same thing. Right. Typically, I think you can be at 95 and play. Okay. Right. I mean, there's injured people all the time. Now, in this case, I don't know, but I think sometimes that happens. But let's assume optimistically, Barkley's 100%. The fact he's a couple weeks behind, that feels meaningful right there. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, Saquon Barkley, the star running back for the New York Giants, suffered a season-ending knee injury last year, week two against the Chicago Bears on September the 20th. And here we are on August the 9th, and Saquon Barkley has just completed his first practice in almost 11 months as they get ready for their season opener against Denver. I think it's reasonable to debate how much of a hindrance or a negative it is that he's starting late. I would make the following case. If Barkley were 100% healthy, had a normal offseason, you'd have certain expectations for him. With the current reality, as Jonas said, devastating knee injury. I don't These days, I don't know which ones are devastating or not, but I know for a running back that cutting and quickness is the key. It, there's a chance he comes back and he's never quite the same. We hope he is. I'm not a Giants fan, but just as a human, I hope he is. But there's a chance he isn't. So I don't know how significant the downgrade is, but it's material. It's a material downgrade because Barkley was injured. We can expect less from him. He might have his best career year. That's possible. But it's less likely than if he hadn't been injured. So, I actually was reading, I had a little bit, you ever see those things online, Jonas, where there's like an optical illusion? I was thinking it was 117 and a half, and I was like, man, yum, yum. It was 1,175.5 yards for the season. Yeah. So, the, the two fives at the end got very confusing. AJ, you said you saw the same thing. I saw it the exact it's like same way you did. an optical illusion. <laughs> and, well, I guess it has week one right by, you know, it's a little confusing. But I actually like this, too. So let's make it an official bet under 1,175 rushing yards and a half, Sha- Saquon Bar- Barkley. And to me, this is a play on his health. If he plays all 17 games, and don't forget, 17 this year. But here is a macro tip for you. And, I mean, this one is really, really a good one. I mean, this one could be worth a week's worth of shows. If the only thing you got was a week's worth from a week's worth of shows was this, it would be worth it. A lot of people are saying, okay. Over under for the receiver, over under for the running backs, any position except quarterback. Quarterback, let's set aside. If you take last year's number or the number you'd expect in a 16 game season and saying, well, I'll go 17 divided by 16 and use that as a factor and it will increase the expected amount. So let's just say we get out the old calculator 17 divided by 16 
is about 6.25% more. So if you said typically he'd have 1,000 yards, I think he's going to have 1,062 and a half. That's good logic, but it's wrong. They will not play these receivers and running backs, especially the running backs, to take a beating. They might play them in all 17 games, likely will. Though if it was a game midseason, they're a little banged up. They're going to be a little more inclined to keep them out. But even if they play all 17, they're not going to give them the ball as much as you might think. They're going to platoon more. They're going to go deeper into the bench more. Almost every team, that will be the case. And thus, it's going to be hard to bet over on anything because most of the public that don't have the benefit of straight out of Vegas, they're going to be thinking, oh, well, I can do that math, 6.25, blah, blah, blah. That's what the betting's going to be driven by, and it's wrong. That means I'm betting unders or passing in almost every over-under, yardage, touchdowns, whatever, for non-quarterbacks. Now, quarterbacks don't take hits like they used to, and it's not like, hey, let's sit the quarterback or let's put the second-string guy in because he might take a hit. They just don't think that way. And be, I mean, you see even when they're up 30 late in games, they often have their first string in, especially if it's Brady. So for quarterbacks, I think the 6.25% addition because of the one extra game is fine. But there's always a chance that with an extra game, there's another chance to get hurt, and maybe they do miss some time. So I would go a little less than that, but still, that's close. For the running backs especially, no, no, no. I like Barkley under. And oh, by the way, his rookie year was great. It's been a while since his rookie year. There's fresh legs. In 2019, he played 13 games, and he had 1,003 yards. I don't know. Is his over-under A.J. Barkley for the Giants? What would you put his over-under game started this year? That's the scary thing. I, I, I think if you said... 12 and a half I think you're you're probably on the number so you don't know to go over or under there yeah what do you do 12 and a half over under Barkley's starts this year out of 17 regular season games I would take the over but just barely you take the over so if he plays 13 or 14 games yeah to get a thousand one hundred seventy five and a half yards no 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 Best bet under R.J. Bell. What do you think, A.J.? I like it. For, if he plays a full 17 games, he's going to have to average over 69 yards per game. But last, I think if he plays all 17, he's probably a slight favorite to do that. I think you're right. But I think that you, you betting that he's not going to play all 17 games is wise. Uh, and when you look at, at last season's stats, let, let's say he, he gets... Well, he averaged 17 yards a game last season. L- let's say somehow he averages 75 yards per game. That You'd have to play 100 games to pass. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, I think, I think you're quite. basically saying that you're betting that he doesn't play enough games to get this done is, is probably a, a but wise bet. Here's the thing. That's, that's the ch- biggest chunk of my winners here, our winners here. But it, there's at least... A 35% chance if he plays all 17, he goes under two. I mean, there's, I'm saying it's about one in three, but if you add that plus the chance he's going to miss games, that's how you get over 52 and a half, which is what you need to to win at minus 110. 
What do you think, Jonas? You like the bat? Yeah, I like the under as well, too, I, for a couple of reasons. Number one, the Giants really need to find out what they've got in Daniel Jones. This is a big-time year. They need to figure out if he's the guy, and I think they're going to rely on him a little bit more just to find out whether or not he can be their franchise quarterback moving forward. And I also think, to your point, with the 17-game regular season, I don't think that's being talked about enough to where it's almost – you can say, well, it's just one extra game. But one extra football game compared to one extra NBA game or an extra baseball game is a big deal. It's a big difference. And I just wonder how many teams are going to play it safe. You're going to see more of a running back platoon in a lot of cases in a lot of areas throughout the course of the season, especially when you got a guy who's coming off a devastating injury like Saquon Barkley is, and he's just now practicing for the first time in almost 11 months. Your point about Mr. Daniel Jones is a brilliant one, and it needs to be added to this handicap. They brought in quality receivers. They've done everything except the O-line. So set aside that for a second. The Giants have to give Daniel Jones a chance to shine. And you know what? They're not going to probably make the playoffs. They're big underdogs to make the playoffs, the Giants. So in a way, if they pass more, figuring, okay, Barkley doesn't get banged up a bunch as running backs tend to as they're reaching now their fourth year, and less chance of him having a devastating injury. And, oh, we get to see Daniel Jones. More sample size, more data points, because they got to make a decision. Do we uh, execute the fifth-year option? That will be this offseason. This is the decision year, like it was for Sam Darnold, like it is for a lot of these quarterbacks, or any quarterback, really, that's not a superstar entering their third year. It's also, when you're on a bad team, which most of us think the Giants are going to be a yes. bad team, it's difficult for a running back to put up huge rushing numbers. Because, because you're playing you're from behind a lot. The top five running backs in the league last year played Tennessee, Minnesota, Cleveland, Green Bay, Indianapolis. I mean, you're, you're typically playing on teams that are winning football games and running the ball with a lead. The Giants, I don't anticipate them having a whole lot of leads where they're running clock this season. No, a lot of stuff. Great point from A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. As a team that's not expected to even be 500, the idea of them having to throw from behind. As Jonas said, they're inclined, the Giants, to throw because they want to see what they got. They got to make a decision about Daniel Jones. And lastly, I hear people that I respect say, I'm not sure we even are going to know what they have in Daniel Jones because the O-line is so bad. And if that's the case, another negative to Barkley. Love the best bet. Under 1,175 and a half yards, Barkley's rushing. Oh, by the way, he averaged 17 yards per game last season. It would only take him 69 games to get to that number. <laughs> I don't think, and remember, we don't count the playoffs. I like it. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast podcast or wherever you get your podcast. So in 2011, they started this Supermax 
when it's the the second deal, if that young player makes the All NBA first team. There's only five on that team. It's a very competitive thing. Five. You're the sixth best player. You don't make it in theory. Luke is the first player to be eligible. So ten years now, first player on his initial deal to make All NBA first team. Super, super impressive. Now, the Mavs are the 10th, hmm, yep, 10th favorite tied to win the title. So it's the Nets about three to one, Lakers about four to one, Milwaukee nine to one, Golden State nine to one. A lot of respect there. Sixers 16 to one, Jazz 16 to one, Clippers 18 to one. Now that's saying, we get in the playoffs without Kawhi and go from there. Suns eighteen to one, Nuggets twenty to one. Now tied the Heat twenty eight to one, and the Mavs twenty eight to one. So AJ, when we were talking on the break, you said I'd like to see more playoff success from Lu- or more success from Luca without a very good supporting cast. I mean, I would make the case if you took Milwaukee or. You took the Mavs and took the best player off the Mavs, and then you took the best player off of every team in the NBA. Could the Mavs be one of the five worst? Certainly. Yeah, they're, they're near the bottom for sure. If you, if you take the best player off of every team. Yes. Do you agree with that, Jonas? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. So if he is taking that team, that, those others, to the playoffs in the West, isn't that success? It is success, but obviously in a, a league where now you're measured by rings, not playoff but, but, appearances. But who gets rings in their third year? It doesn't happen. So how can we? You know, so Jordan didn't. I mean, Magic did, but it was in. You know, Kareem was there. But you could also say who who's All NBA in their rookie contract, and he now he's done it twice. So, but the, even making the playoffs. And having very competitive first round series yep. is is exceeding expectations. I mean, uh, I mean, let's look. How's Zion doing with that? <laughs> right, Morant. You know, play. You know, it's it's it, though you can give Morant credit. There's a very sharp organization there. You would make the case that you put Luca on Memphis. They might be what the fifth favorite to win the title. Uh, you know, if you take off Morant for Luca, probably a pretty darn good. I mean, the supporting cast is better there. Well, let's get down to brass tacks. If we were redrafting the NBA, and AJ, because it was a frozen envelope, they wanted you to have the first pick, the commissioner went in, fell for the, the cold, and pulled it out, and it said, AJ gets the first pick. Now, if you're redrafting the NBA, what are you considering? How good you are and youth. That's the two things. LeBron's not going to be a high pick. So it would be interesting to see what he'd be. Who is number one in your draft to redraft the NBA right now? It's Luka, and I don't even really have to think that long about it. 22 years old, this guy is on his way to becoming the best player in the NBA. He's been All-NBA twice already by age 22. I don't think there's much of a question. Guy nice anti-toko umpo. Hmm. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, I would say, if, especially if I'm picking that high in the draft, I would assume that you know I'm a bad team and uh, and I need to start building and, and acquiring assets and talent. I would go with Luca. If I was one player away, I would still probably take Durant. 
Even though he's got probably three or four good years left, age-wise? Yeah, yeah. Try, try and capitalize in that window that he's going to be uh, at, yeah, at full capacity until he starts to break and, down a little bit. And again, it's possible he could be a full capacity for another seven or eight years. I mean, yeah. obviously, a monster in the Olympics. Um, I think it's Giannis. And you know why? It's because of the team building. It's because of the leadership. I don't know if you've read much out of The Athletic has done some reporting, AJ, and we are straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. And I mean, it's like Luca, someone told him uh, that Harala Bob told him to calm down once, and he hasn't forgiven him since. I mean, part of it's kind of the fire he's got, but still. If this was one game against the aliens, maybe. But if you're if you're building a team, give me guy nice anti toko umpo. Okay, real quick, we got a minute. A big bet in the or a couple big bets in the NFL, AJ. Yeah, some uh, some massive money coming down on the Bucks. We just talked about the Texans being twenty eight to one to win the South and. and 290 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. How about some bets coming into Caesars? $10,000 at 50 to 1 for the Bucks to go 17 and 0. So not all the way through the Super Bowl, regular season 17 and 0, and the odds they were getting initially was 50 to 1. 50 to 1. Then there was a second bet that came in. 28,000 at 30 to 1. Wow. So first off, you got to wonder who took that second number. <laughs> but uh, this was uh, reported by ESPN. I got to tell you, it makes sense to me that it's the, the Bucks are getting a lot of love. I would make the following case: Tampa Bay might be, could be, likely are the only Super Bowl champion ever to have a higher power rating the first game the next season than they did after the Super Bowl. That literally teams just lose players. They lose, and the idea that it's not just they haven't lost anyone, but also Brady getting a second year in a full camp. Tampa being the second favorite to win the Super Bowl is so surprising. The Chiefs are favored. It makes sense to me. Tampa's getting public money to go undefeated.